Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the first episode of this season's Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your new host, James Vickers. Um, I'll be taking over from Jake now that he's uh, been promoted up to the Premier League along with Newcastle. So, yeah, I'm your Preston North End representative on the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers, where I do writing for at Deepdale Digest, which is a Preston North End fan site. And we've also got a podcast starting in the next week. So that's definitely something to check out. Hi, I'm Russ Goldman. I actually have a podcast about Fulham Football Club called Cottage Talk. You can actually listen to it on blogtalkradio.com slash cottage talk. And you can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also at the Twitter account for the show, Cottage Talk. I'm Simeon Pickup. I'm on Twitter at Bucks Royal and I write for the Tyler Stender Reading website. We uh, do a lot of writing, a lot of analysis, and we also have a podcast as well. Awesome. Thanks for joining me anyway today, guys. Um, we'll start with the first topic. It's sort of with the season not been starting yet. I think it's a good time to sort of go over each team's pre-seasons and how they've gone so far. So if you want to talk about any signings, any sort of players that are sort of been linked with you, now's a good time. We'll start with you, Russ. Um, sort of looking in from a Preston's point of view to Fulham, uh, it seems like you've had quite a good sort of pre-season so far. Um, yeah, tell us sort of how you think it's gone. It's been very interesting because uh, if you look at the beginning of it, that was uh, really about Fulham signing and re-signing key players. And uh, they started off by signing Ryan Session. This was a big deal for Fulham to uh, get him under contract. And uh, he has now signed with Fulham. There were huge clubs after him, and they were able to get him to sign. So that was how the uh, season has started uh, leading into the real season, you know, the uh, – the silly season began basically with Ryan Sessegnon, and that was followed up a week later by the re-signing of Tom Kearney. And uh, listen, I'm going to argue that Tom Kearney might be the best signing of any team in the championship just because he was one of the best players in the championship. So for Fulham to re-sign him, I think, is huge. Uh, and that's really how the preseason for Fulham began, were, were those two key signings. Uh, and then... Uh, and then it really came down to who were they going to sign? Were they going to be able to keep their key players? Like I mentioned, they, they definitely kept two key players. And what's interesting, guys, is that pretty much they've kept this team intact. Uh, the only players that have left, obviously, Chris Martin went back to Darby County. And uh, Scott Malone was, uh, was sold to Huddersfield Town. But beyond that, this team is all coming back. And that, to me, is huge because of uh, continuity. Uh, after one year of being together, now they're going to have another season of being together. So now all Fulham really need to do is add to the mix, because they have their core intact, and that's a very positive thing. Unfortunately, 
a lot of the chatter right now with Fulham is what or, they don't uh, have, and I they still need a striker. Pool. I would argue they probably need two strikers. So until they add a striker, and there is speculation linking them to two of them, um, fans are probably not going to be happy because they see the hole at striker. Then, of course, you sold uh, Scott Malone, and people are looking for a left back. But in all honesty, I think they could get by with what they have right now. Obviously, Ryan Sessegnon can play left back, and they could potentially bring in another one. But I think, you know, honestly, I think that the position now is his, and and if they want to bring in in another for cover, so be it. The only other question I have right now is potentially at goalkeeper. We still have our two goalkeepers. I wanted them to upgrade a goalkeeper, and right now they haven't. So that's something to consider for Fulham as well. Uh, nothing against Marcus Bettinelli and David Button, but they're good goalkeepers. I wanted to see them do better. So I'm hoping maybe by the end of the transfer window they upgrade at that position. Uh, they've uh, they've added a few players. They've added uh, Cisse. Uh, he's a defensive midfielder, so he will help at that position, which which I think they need cover at. So that, that was good. I, I think the real good signing so far was bringing in Oliver Norwood from Brighton, Hove Albion. I, I think this is a little bit of a coup because um, the three players that make our team go are in central midfield, the midfield three we call them. And uh, he can now just add add some depth to that position and in some cases play in that, in, in that area as well when we need him. And, and you can play him in several different roles in that midfield three. So I think Oliver Norwood uh, is an undervalued signing for Fulham. It is a loan signing, but they've been busy. Uh, but right now for Fulham supporters, until they get that striker, and like I said, I think they need two of them, there is still going to be that huge hole heading into the season. Yeah, I, uh, I was having a look earlier um, sort of at your signings and, as you mentioned, Oliver Norwood and, and keeping Sessegnon. And you've also got Callis back as well. I think you're definitely going to yes. be sort of up there uh, come the start of the season. I can't believe uh, I, I forgot to mention Callis. I can't believe I, I yeah, did that I think, again. I did that last year too. <laughs> yeah, sort of, especially Sessegnon. It's a real sort of statement yep. of intent, I think, by Fulham. Um, he could have easily gone to sort of any Premier League club, really, yep. um, sort of how highly rated he is. But... Do you think that is obviously a massive statement and intent for where you want to sort of aim for this season, being able to keep hold of players like that? See, that's what I think. And I also think uh, just as significant is holding on to Kearney because uh, teams like Newcastle were interested in him, at least the last window. So for them to get these two players back in the fold, I think is huge. And I do think it shows intent. I also think, it, you know, for players that want to play with Fulham, you know, they're going to want to play for Jokanovic, but they're also going to look at the team and say, you know what, this is a team that plays football, kept their key players, I want to join. And uh, I think maybe that, that could have been a factor in why Norwood decided to come to Fulham. You know, hopefully that will lead to other players to come to Fulham. So I think for me, it is a sign of intent. Now we're just looking at, at, at building what, what we currently have. And, uh, but yes, I, listen, I agree with you. You know, if you look at how they began the summer transfer window, those two signings were were very big, and I think it is about intent. Yeah, I definitely think, obviously, we'll come on to it later with sort of predictions, but I think Fulham are going to be one of the teams to watch this season that will sort of definitely be in and around the playoffs and pushing for those two automatic promotion spots. Um, so it'll be interesting, really, to, to see how that season pans out for you. 
Um, we'll move on to Simeon now. Um, how is sort of Reading? Same with that I've asked Russ. How's Reading's preseason and sort of signings gone so far? Uh, it's been a very mixed preseason, to be honest. Um, the best news and most positive bit of news was um, getting Yapstam tied down to a new uh, two-year contract a couple of years ago. Um, there was a lot of interest in him from Leeds United, uh, Southampton, West Ham, Ajax even, uh, at least reportedly a couple of months ago um, and earlier on in the uh, in the summer window. Um, but we managed to get him onto a, a new contract. So that's a really good bit of news because he was probably the most important part of our uh, of our promotion push last season. It's probably the biggest factor in that. Uh, we've also managed to get Liam Kelly and Chris Gunter down to some new contracts as well, some key players there. Otherwise, the transfer activity has been a little bit disappointing. We've brought in Bod Varson as a striker from Wolves, um, Vito Minone as a goalie uh, from Sunderland, and Pelly Clement uh, from Ajax Reserves. We really need a probably another midfielder, another striker, because um, options are quite light there, especially after losing... Ali Al-Habs a couple of weeks ago and Danny Williams as well to Huddersfield. <laughs> that was a bit of a kick in the teeth, losing to Huddersfield in the playoff final and then them pinching one of our best players on a free a couple of weeks later. Um, and injuries have been very tough for the squad as well. At the moment, we're estimating about a dozen first-team uh, key players are uh, ruled out at the moment, either through injury or suspension. So the start of the season is going to be really tough if we can't get some of those back fit. Um, we're still looking for some more players to come in. Um, Sonia Luco from Fulham, we're reportedly looking at. Uh, Yapstam's keen on him and wants another striker or wide forward to bring in. And Narky Wells from Huddersfield, we're, we're reportedly uh, set to make a big bid for. Yeah, I was just about that. I saw sort of the rumour of that Nucky Wells deal. Um, is that the main concern for you then, the striker, sort of in this next week? Would that be sort of the area that you'd want to address the most? Definitely. We def- we need another option, even just for quantity purposes, because we've got at least three or four strikers injured at the moment. But even with all of them back, we do need that high-quality mobile goal scorer in the final third to really get us over the line in those in those games that we can't quite score in because last season we relied quite heavily on Jan Kermigan who got 18 goals had a terrific season but if he wasn't scoring there weren't really any other really good options in the in the final third popping up with goals so Naki Wells would be a ideal signing for us really yeah it was sort of similar to Preston last year we were sort of not sort of the best going forward we had Jordan Hugill who did well who's sort of been attracting interest now from teams like Sunderland obviously the Grayson links there so it'd be quite easy for him to go up to Sunderland um Harry Redknapp at Birmingham has also been keen on him as well I think sort of moving on to Preston now one of the sort of the good things of our transfer window um and summer so far we've sort of really sort of brought in a bit of quality now in the final third. We've brought in Josh Harrett from Man United on a free transfer, which looks to be sort of an excellent bit of business. He missed the first couple of pre-season games with sort of a minor calf issue. Um, nothing too serious, but with it being pre-season, there's no point risking him and doing longer-term damage. Um, and then we've signed a young striker from Cork City, which we seem to be sort of only scouting in Ireland nowadays. I think we've got 
sort of six or seven Irish uh, players in probably what I'd say would be sort of our, our match day 18. Um, and especially the Cork fans on Twitter that I chat to keep messaging, sort of saying, or you've sort of had your your players off us now, so hands off. Um, but yeah, the signings so far have been good. Obviously, Maguire, the lad from Cork, he um, looks a real handful. He scored on his debut against Burnley in a pre-season game last week. Um, and he was absolutely banging him in for Cork. So whether he can make the step up into the championship remains to be seen. But, you know, for for what we paid for him, which was sort of hardly anything really, you, you can't really go wrong, especially if he's going to sort of chip in with a handful of goals. Um, same with Josh Harrop. Um, not spend any money on Josh Harrop and got Maguire sort of for a, a nominal fee, really. So be interesting to see how those two go. Um, sort of going sort of almost to the end of last season, start of pre-season, it, it started in probably the worst way possible with Grayson. Um leaving and going to Sunderland um sort of obviously I'll be biased as a Preston fan but sort of looking in as in, as someone potentially who'd be a neutral I can't see it as sort of a step up for him especially the way Sunderland are at the moment he's got sort of a really big rebuilding job on there with them just coming down from the Premier League um and I think he'll have his work cut out he sort of needs to I'd say the whole squad needs overhauling so it'll be interesting to see how he does there um but since he's gone, we've brought in Alex Neal, um, who used to be at Norwich. He's got good experience in this league, and he's a good young coach, which, with us having quite a young squad as well, full of exciting attacking players, it'll be interesting to see how sort of he gets on with them. Um, the only sort of issue, really, at the moment, we could do is sign in another defender. Um, we've conceded quite a few goals in pre-season from set-pieces and crosses, and it looks to be sort of a real issue of concern at the moment, especially with Tom Clark, our probably first-choice centre-back and club captain out until the new year with an ACL injury. Uh, it's something that needs addressing, hopefully, in the next week. Um, sort of the concerning thing is we haven't really been linked with anyone of note, um, but I've, I've got faith in them to, uh, sort of as they do time and time again, pull a signing out from nowhere. Um, we signed Darnell Fisher, a right-back from Rotherham last week, and that sort of all material materialized in sort of 24 hours or so so it sort of proves how quick things can get done nowadays the only sort of other issue is obviously you want your new manager to get off to a, a good start at the start of the season and the fixtures haven't been kind to us really we play i think sort of out of the teams who didn't go up i think in our first five games we've played teams that were sort of in the top eight last season and then Middlesbrough as well um, which is going to be a real difficult start but after that the fixtures get a little easier obviously there's no easy games in the championship but there's a few more potentially winnable ones then so it'll be interesting to see how we start in the first month um, hopefully get a few points on the board and sort of calm the nerves of everyone with sort of new players coming in and a new manager and hopefully we can kick on from there um, so yeah that's it sort of really for Preston um, I just wanted to ask you all quickly as well um, obviously it's just under a week now till the season starts there's the two games on the Friday night and then the majority play on the Saturday um, with just under a week to go we'll start with you Russ um, sure. is there anything sort of that really needs addressing for Fulham in this week? As a person with a very deep voice I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell B2B and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. 
all the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, there are a couple of things going on. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, the striker situation, we'll have to see if they bring in a striker this week. I hope they do. The other uh, issue that Fulham are dealing with heading into this match is injuries, uh, and that could play a factor playing Norwich City. We have uh, a few key injuries. Uh, held out of the uh, last uh, preseason match was Tom Kearney and Kevin McDonald, along with Niskins, Cabano, and Marcus Bedinelli actually uh, had to leave early. It looked like he, he, uh, he had a knock in the first half. So injuries are an issue heading in to, uh, to this match uh, because uh, that midfield three of uh, Johansson, McDonald and Kearney pretty much f- play the majority of the season together, uh, the three of them. Uh, um, you know, the, the beginning was a little bit different because that's when Scott Parker was in the mix. But when they really made it about the three of them, it really was them. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Kevin McDonald and Tom Kearney are available for the North City match. So, so the two worries for me heading into the match are injury-related and then just finding a striker and getting him acclimated into uh, what Fulham like to do. Where, you know, uh, there is speculation, and I just want to say this name because I like saying this name. There is speculation with this French striker. His name's Abubakar. I just like saying that. Abubakar Kamara. And uh, we'll see if that happens. Uh, hopefully that will happen. And uh, uh, like I mentioned, I think Fulham st- still need, uh, in, in my mind, a minimum of two strikers. So... Uh, but but that's the those are the two concerns injuries and um, and the striker position going into the season. Yeah, it'd be interesting sort of to see how it goes. It's kind of the opposite for Preston, really. We uh, we're sorted in the forward department. It's the defence that sort of needs sorting out as soon as possible. Um, I couldn't really tell you what our best back four is at the moment. So it'd be interesting to see what Alex Neal does decide to do on the opening day of the season. Uh, sort of with regards to that um, I'll ask you the same question as well Simeon, sort of with a week to go obviously you've mentioned injuries already but is there anything sort of pressing that, that you need to address in this final week uh, sort of as you prepare for the, the game away at QPR on the opening day Most likely we need a, another striker uh, just like Fulham do it's not vital because we do have a couple of players to come back so we will have options eventually but just that extra bit of quality in the in the final third is what we need to really kill off other teams. Um, a replacement for Danny Williams as well, perhaps. He was a really energetic, strong box-to-box midfielder that we used last season. 
um, left at the start of the window, and we haven't been able to replace him yet. We do have a decent number of centre midfielders, but none who who quite feel that um, that tenacious terrier kind of kind of role that you really need to get your team over the line sometimes. So I, I hope we manage to bring in someone who can play that kind of role, but it's, it's not a it's not the biggest thing. It's really it's the injuries that I'm worried about having about. 12 players out is is far from ideal. Yeah, I can imagine uh, it was sort of similar for us towards the end of last season with quite a few injuries and suspensions, and it, it can be sort of, or definitely is quite disruptive. Um, with Preston, we're sort of in a, a better position. We've got a few players coming back from injuries. There's only really Tom Clark that's the one who's out now for, for any sort of period of time. We've got Callum Woods coming back in the next sort of week or so who missed the whole of last season um getting injured in a friendly way at Oldham last pre-season so it'll be good to have him back uh sort of once fit obviously it's difficult to tell sort of having a year out injured um but at the time he was our first choice right back so it'll be good to get him back a uh, bit of experience in the defense as well um and it'll sort of hopefully sort of shore up the defense um there's only really the fullbacks at the moment that you could sort of put your finger on as who you'd think could start. Um, so the centre-back pairing sort of this week ideally does need addressing, especially with the tough start we've got. We play, sort of, as I mentioned, teams like Middlesbrough have spent about £30 million on their sort of attacking players. So we uh, we need that defence sorting as soon as possible. Um, but sort of speaking of Middlesbrough, it moves us nicely on to sort of the next topic I wanted to talk about. Obviously, with the amount of money that they've spent, um, I can see them being right up there. Um, we'll start with you on this one, Simeon. Who do you sort of predict will be the top two um, and who will be the team that will go all the way in the playoffs? Um, I think a, not enough people are talking about Sheffield Wednesday, to be honest. They've got a really good squad. They've got a lot of experience in this division. Wisely, they've kept. Carlos Carvajal, who, yeah, he hasn't quite got them over the line in the last two seasons, but building up that championship experience, that playoff experience, could prove vital in a in another playoff campaign. They've got a lot of goals uh, in the shape of people like Gary Hooper, uh, Forestieri, Stephen Fletcher, Jordan Rhodes. Got a very good midfield as well, very good goalkeeper, good defence. So I think they could be one of the teams going for automatics i'd probably have money on them for top two actually aston villa probably got their act together from last season um invested quite wisely um i think steve bruce has got them sorted out he'll um uh he'll do uh, i think he'll do well this season um middlesbrough i'm not too sure about they've spent about 30 million on strikes i think it is but i don't look at people like ashley fletcher for seven million and uh, a Sombolonga for a lot of money as well and I don't think they're surefire um, bets to get you promoted if there's an injury in there or um, or if Fletch doesn't quite start scoring for example it just it, it won't quite go well uh, Brentford I think could be um, dark horses uh, for the playoffs as well especially if they can keep Canas he's a very tidy player um, yeah yeah, I'll ask you the same question as well, Russ. Obviously, I think Fulham will be sort of up there around sort of the top three or four um, for the majority of the season. But who would you say is sort of your two sort of top tips to go up and who is going to be challenging for the playoffs as well? Sure. 
Well, listen, I completely agree with Simeon. Uh, he stole my thunder. I was going to say Sheffield Wednesday are going to win it. I, I truly believe that they're going to win the division. I think really what matters is just getting automatic promotion. So whether you win it or not is 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 nice, but I think you just want either one or two. And I think definitely, this is just my thoughts, uh, continuity, and that's what I've been talking about with Fulham. Sheffield Wednesday have that. They have the manager. They have the strike force. So for me, I say Sheffield Wednesday should win the championship. I think they should be the favorites. That's just my thoughts on that. As the other one, I'm listen, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say Fulham. I'm going to be predicting this shortly on my own podcast. I think Fulham have a chance, have a very good chance for two, for, for, for ending second because of continuity. They have the manager. They have the players. They brought pretty much everyone back. And uh, as long as uh, they can stay fairly healthy and can get a striker, I don't see any reason why they can't be contending for automatic promotion. So I'm going to go for second with Fulham. Uh, in regards to the playoffs, uh, I can definitely see Brentford being in the mix. Uh, listen, Brentford really impressed me when they uh, played Fulham at uh, Craven Cottage. So I can definitely see that they're a team that just keeps getting there, getting close, and I think Brentford will be in the mix. I also think Reading are going to be in the mix. I don't think enough are talking about Reading, and I'm going to tell you why. I think Yapstam is a top manager. He impressed me with how he played Fulham. Uh, he knew how to attack Fulham, to make it difficult on Fulham. He is a top, top manager. He will have Reading close to the top. And, uh, you know, and then for me, you know, we're talking Middlesbrough and Aston Villa. I think Middlesbrough, even with all the additions, you're talking about adding a new manager and all these additions. It takes a while to match. I'm not going to pick them for automatic promotion, even though I know many are. On paper, they look fantastic. Will it work together? I don't know. I just don't know. So uh, it's interesting. I think that they can win the playoffs. So they'll be my pick to win the playoffs, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out Brentford. I certainly wouldn't rule out Reading either, uh, making that playoff final and winning it. And uh, you know, seriously, I'm you know I don't hear anyone talking about Reading. I actually had a co-host of mine thinks that Reading is a team that's going to fall. I don't see it that way at all. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about Simeon stealing your thunder there because you've both sort of, as <laughs> as is often the way we go in last sort of. Uh, mixed sort of what I was going to say to a T. I think Sheffield Wednesday and Fulham in particular, they've been building over the last couple of years and I can definitely see them two sort of really challenging this season uh, for the top two. And if not the top two, the, you know that they're going to be there or thereabouts in the playoffs yeah. again. Um, but I'd be very surprised if one of, one of uh, if not both, uh, were sort of serious contenders for, for top two this season. Um, I think, as Simeon mentioned, Aston Villa seemed to sort of have sorted things out, steadied the ship a bit this season, um, and I think they'll be up there. Um, it's quite interesting, really. I think this year, sort of, from what I can remember in previous years, is is probably one of the only years where the three teams coming down from the Premier League, there isn't a single one that you'd really fancy to sort of run away with the division or or sort of definitely be up in the top two. Obviously, when Newcastle came down, you expect them straight away, which they did, to go back up. Hey, James, uh, can way. I make an added prediction for you? This is just my prediction yeah. to you. I'm yep. going to make this prediction for the season. Uh, we're recording this before the season begins. This is a prediction between Sunderland 
and Preston North End. I'm going to predict that Preston North End will end higher in the table than uh, than Sunderland. And I actually think Sunderland will be changing their manager during the season. That's my prediction. Yeah, I can definitely see that, to be honest. Um, obviously, Grayson's got a massive rebuilding job there. Um, and it's going to take sort of definitely more than just this transfer window for him to, to get that sorted. Um, I think our squad at the moment, I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It could go one or two ways, obviously, with a new manager yep. coming in. It takes time for him to sort of get his philosophy across to the players. But from what sort of I've seen in pre-season, the signs look to be promising. We, uh, we beat Fleetwood 5-1 a couple of nights ago uh, and looked brilliant going forward. Um, it's just sort of, as I mentioned, that, that defensive issue. But once right. we can get that sorted, um, sort of who knows? I'd predict us this season, the last two years, we finished 11th for our two years back in the championship. So if we can sort of mount a more serious push for the playoffs this season, I'd be more than happy with that. With the last two years have, have kind of followed the same pattern, really. It's got to Christmas and we're looking like we have a shout at the playoffs and then it gets down to those sort of last seven, eight games and we, we fall away a little bit. And then obviously once it gets to the last two or three and it's mathematically impossible, the, the team sort of almost has one eye on, on their summer holidays and that kind of thing. Um, so then we've sort of dropped down from like eighth place to sort of 11th, which then on paper makes your season sort of look a bit average when sort of in reality, the, the two years we've been back, we've, we've played some really good football. Uh, quite surprised this season, I think I saw the other day, uh, I can't remember which website it was, but had Preston as one of the sort of three odds on teams to go down. Um, which sort of surprised me. Obviously, it'll take time for Alex Neal to to get the team playing he wants, but I think, as we've proved in the last two years and keeping hold of the squad that we've had, we've got sort of more than enough, really, to so we should be fine in the division. Um, the only players that we've really got rid of in the summer were possibly the three highest earners last season. Um, Mackinock has gone uh, back to the Italian team that he plays for. The uh, the team escapes me, I can't remember. Um, but obviously Beckford's gone, he's dropped down to uh, to Berry, So he's probably the highest earner off the wage bill. And then Anders Lindegaard, who spent most of last season, sat on the bench behind Chris Maxwell, um, who was sort of really good for us last season. He's He's gone as well. So there's money there to bring in sort of a bit of quality in defence, uh, sort of if we can find it. Um, as we sort of proved with Lindegaard, it's it's all well and good signing big names, but sort of more often than not, when they drop down to sort of like a lower team like Preston, um, Lindegaard never really seemed to connect with the fans and sort of give his all. Um, he looked almost like he wasn't interested, really, sort of having come from United and and teams in the Premiership. Um, so I think we've got to be careful with, with who we bring in. Um, but I trust Alex Neal to do that. He, he doesn't seem like the kind of manager that'll sort of pick sort of his favourite players from his old clubs or like the bigger names. Although we uh, we have been linked with a few Norwich players sort of over the last few weeks uh, and Sebastian Bassong as well, which sort of goes against everything I've said there, really. Um, but sort of we're coming out of the club is we're not sort of too interested in him. Um, so sort of definitely we uh, do need to address that centre-back issue um, but yeah Sheffield Wednesday Fulham I think they'll they'll be definitely up there and Aston Villa as well um, as I mentioned though Preston some people have them as, as odds on to go down um, I'll ask you both the same question uh, sort of now and you can chat about it who would you say are going to be the teams that sort of look to be in, in trouble this year uh, start with you Simeon and then Russ if you want to chip in as well and so sort of we'll we'll go from there. 
Uh, I can't see Preston being in any trouble, to be quite honest with you. Um, Alex Neal's a very good manager. He did get Norwich promoted um, a few seasons ago, so I think uh, ruling Preston out so soon is a bit of a, an odd decision. Um, elsewhere in the division, uh, I, I worry about Ipswich, to be honest. I think if they stagnate, as they have been doing for the last couple of seasons, if that carries on, they could be um, eventually looking at relegation maybe this season or next one. Uh, Burton did really well to stay up last season on very small resources. Um, so it will be a really tough uh, task for them to stay in the division again. Uh, elsewhere, the promoted sides, Bolton, Millwall, uh, I worry about as well. And Sheffield Wednesday could be in trouble. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of competition for relegation places at the moment. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think Bolton, as you mentioned, sort of they seem to be in the news at the moment for all the wrong reasons, sort of with the uh, sort of the tax man and that kind of thing. And I've got a few friends sort of living up in Manchester who are Bolton fans, and they don't seem too optimistic about this season. So I think they'll definitely be one of the teams that struggle. Uh, same with Burton; they did fantastic last season, but you might get a bit of that second season syndrome as as people often call it they've they've sort of had a good sort of first year back so it'll be interesting to see how they kick on that was sort of one of the the concerns i had with preston last year been sort of second season it's about how you kick on then um but yeah those two um millwall as well yeah sort of been a promoted team it's it's sort of easy to to see why people would think they'd struggle um but I think at the bottom this year, it'll be sort of quite tight. There isn't really anyone that I can see getting sort of cut adrift. Um, so sort of as it was last year, I reckon there'll be sort of six, seven sort of teams that will be sort of fighting throughout the season. Hopefully Preston aren't one of them, but I, I do think sort of as a Preston fan that we, we should have too much sort of about us, especially with the manager and the players we've brought in to to be down sort of that half of the the league um i'd sort of more be looking up uh, and hopefully challenging for the playoffs this season uh sort of same question to you russie do you uh think he'll be sort of in danger of going down this season well what's interesting i've not talked to simeon before the show but he has all of my picks so far i don't know what's going on here uh because i wrote down burden albion millwall and also bolton those are my three so uh yeah, I mean, I could see all three really struggling. I actually would like to see Burton stay in the division. It's a great story. And uh, I know someone that's uh, that's originally from that area. And I don't want to see my friend be disappointed with him going back to League One. So from a personal stance, I don't want to see Burton Albion get relegated, but I could actually see it happening. Uh, it could be tight. Uh, I just want to throw in another name, Bristol City, potentially. could be, you know could uh could have an issue this year you know they've they've been able to stay in the division a couple of years but maybe they're due i don't know i definitely don't see preston north end and i'm glad that simeon mentioned this and and i forgot to mention it when we were talking about before alex neal is a top manager alex neal will do a good job for preston north end you will not be in trouble i don't see that i don't understand people predicting for bottom three for preston north end i don't see it uh my three are burton albion Millwall and uh, Bolton. Yeah, it's interesting that you both sort of mentioned about Alex Neal just to to quickly sort of say about him. Sort of when he came, he was quite open, sort of in his 
in his, his initial press conference saying that obviously he had that Norwich job and he didn't leave sort of on the best of terms with them sort of dropping back down into the championship. But he, he was quite open in the sense that he said he's, he's learned a lot of mistakes there. It was sort of his real sort of first high profile job. Um, and obviously going into that with not too much experience and managing sort of big names and, and that kind of thing. And it was quite refreshing to hear him sort of talk about that. So he, uh, he admits obviously he made mistakes there and that, He's learned from that, so he seems to be sort of a manager with his head switched on. And yeah, I, I can't really. I think we might struggle in the first sort of five or six games with the difficult start that I mentioned. Um, but sort of once sort of the players get used to him, he gets used to the players, finds his best team. Um, sort of all the pieces sort of fall into place for him. I think uh, he, there's no reason why he can't sort of get the team playing exactly sort of the same how Grayson was last season and the season before, um, and he's added quality in the final third as well. So, yeah, I can't understand sort of people writing us off. I think it's sort of an easy name because we're sort of in the division, sort of one of the smaller clubs in the sense, obviously, ground size and sort of names that people sort of associate with being in the Premier League as opposed to like your likes of Aston Villas and your Middlesbrough's. Uh, so I think it's just sort of an easy, easy one to pick. Um, but, yeah, I think we should be fine. Um, but with that, we're out of time. Um, thank you, you two, for joining me today. Uh, if you want to tell people where you can uh, be found on sort of Twitter, that kind of thing, now would be a good time. Okay, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also at the show Cottage Talk, just uh, Twitter slash Cottage Talk. And you can also uh, listen to the show on blogtalkradio.com slash Cottage Talk and also listen to it on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at BucksRoyal, and you can also read my musings about all things Reading on the Tilehurst end. We're on Twitter, and we're a blog and a website as well. And yeah, as I said at the start, I uh, am James. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers, where I'll be tweeting mainly about Preston and uh, a bit of German football as well. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in either of those, give me a follow. Um, I also contribute for at Deepdale Digest, which is a, a Preston North End fan site. Um, and as I mentioned at the start, we'll be starting a Preston North End sort of based podcast in the next week or so. So definitely keep a lookout for that as well. Um, yeah, as I said, thanks for joining me today, guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. She's at the nail salon and the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. 